Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. So if you do have your Bibles, I do encourage you to open up James chapter 4 is where we're up to. First 12 verses of James we're going to be looking at today. So what we're going to see in this section is James addressing conflict. He's addressing war and quarrelling and, and he uses some pretty heavy language in here. So I guess I want to prep you for that. And the fact is war has you know, been something consistent almost in our, in, in our humanity. Every generation, every civilization has, has, has faced war at some point in history. No civilization is immune to it. And the fact is, you know, right now we're seeing one being played out in Ukraine. You know, and you now there's a, there's a plethora of, of reason, there's a plethora of, of, of um, motivation and um, hatred and, and uncertainty and hostility that's caused them. And it really is just an all too familiar subject. And the fact is, you know, even though we may not have seen it firsthand, there's something about it that just connects almost. That, that we just go, it's, there's something not right about that. You know, I don't know if anyone's here like real history buffs or anything like that, but, you know, yes, there's a, there's fascinating stories and things that, that come out of them, but at the same time, there's so much devastation, so much pain. And the fact is, yeah, it's in our history, but it's in our current news, and it's in, the, in our concerns for the future. And as I said, you know, there's probably a mountain load of papers and studies done on you know, the origins, the causes, the motives, and the purposes of war. But no matter how much intellect or philosophy we might throw at it, in the end, we know war is destructive. War in so many ways is inhumane, yet it is connected to the very core of humanity. So James, we'll read the section in in a moment, but he's addressing conflict and he doesn't directly sort of speak of war, but I think it addresses the heart of it. And not just the wars that we see played out on the battlefield, but the war within, the war that's played out on our souls, the war that plays out in our emotions. So he's not necessarily being overly descriptive of the wars that we might be hearing about or see or read about in our history, but he's being prescriptive. He's he's, he's talking about the symptoms and the, the causes of conflict and the fact that the things that we see played out in the physical are just a symptom of what's being stirred in the spiritual and in the, in the soul and in the core of our humanity. So let's just read. We're just going to read the first, first 12 verses. So I'm reading from New Living Translation. Uh, I think most of my references are actually NIV as well. It says, what, co- what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Opens with a question. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? 
Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what is giving you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realise that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think that scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate about the spirit that is placed within us. And it should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honour. So he opens with this question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Uh, it's, a, it's a topic we're all familiar with, isn't it? <laughs> Every one of us could sort of say, yeah, I've been in conflict, I've, I've, I've quarrelled with people. You know, some of us avoid it like the plague. I'm, I'm a person that tries to avoid conflict. Not very good at dealing with conflict. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that I'm having to learn to deal with, especially as a leader and a pastor. Um, but my natural response is, go, oh, can I get away from that? Can I avoid that? Uh, some people don't necessarily enjoy it, but they're, they're happy to face it. It's that flight or flight reflex almost, isn't it? Some people are happy to go, no, nope. If something's there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to push through and, and just keep going with whatever the, the story is. But unlike the war of, you know, the war in Ukraine, for example, yes, we see what's going on, see it on the news, but there's, there's still a disconnect. But I think we can all connect with the concept of the war within. The war within ourselves, the war between our flesh and the spirit. Some of us might be having wars in our home. Some of us might be even at war with God. And so again, the question that James asks, what causes these fights and quarrels? So James, you know, he's starting to talk about more than the symptoms. Those first three verses, in a sense, you know, he, he sort of highlights. Yes, because he follows through with the second question, doesn't he? What is causing these quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So he instantly sort of says, no, look, you know, don't, don't blame the situation around you. Don't blame the, the, the people around you. Don't blame, your, blame it on the hardships. Where it really starts to, where, it, where the seed of it comes from is the battle that's within you first. Because he does address some of the symptoms, you know, later in verse 11, he, he talks about, you know, brothers do not slander one another. You know, watch your words towards each other. So the people he's writing to, he's not so much worried about them physically fighting, I don't think. But he knows that it's where it starts. He knows that it first outplays in words, but then it might go to action. And then it might go to, you know, I think 
in other spots he sort of highlighted, you know, well, what's the point of taking each other to court? You know, he's hurting each other. Things like that. All war finds its origin in selfish desire. And it's a selfish desire that, that we battle with within us. And the fact is, if you look at the history of wars, it's where a lot of the derive comes from. As nations and leaders and, and dictators and, and these, these, these emperors and the things from our, from our history, when, you, when they really boil down to what they're after, they're after more power. It was a selfish thing. It was, it was, it was them just wanting to be, to be more. But James goes to the source. And he, res- he, he goes right to the point of describing our humanity, doesn't he? He describes that it's our rebelliousness and that natural bent to, towards rebelliousness towards God. That's where it starts. So he speaks, you know, he does this comparison. You know, anyone that chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And this also mirrors some of the teachings of Paul, doesn't it? Paul speaks about this conflict between the, the flesh and the spirit, especially in Romans. He, you know, he speaks about, you know, like, I do what I don't want to do. And the things I know I should be doing, I don't do. I don't know about you, I read those verses and go, yep, I'm with you, Paul. <laughs> I get it. That battle is real, isn't it? So in verse 4, you know, he's, he's pretty blunt. You adulterers. Don't you? Don't you realise? I think he's just really trying to get their attention. Oh, no, come on, think, think. Don't you realise where this really comes from? Don't blame your circumstances. Don't blame your failures. Don't blame your family. Don't blame your, your upbringing. No, deal with what, where it really starts. Yes, those things play their role and they, they have their effect on us. I'm not saying they don't have an effect on us. But where it really starts and where it really is seated is within that battle between the world and the flesh, or the world and the spirit, or the flesh and the spirit. And the fact is, he obviously heard that there is things going on because he's sort of saying, no, come on, get your act together. And he goes on to remind us, there's a verse five, you know, do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. Yeah? He gives us the means. He gives us what's necessary to stay humble. He gives us what's necessary to resist temptation. That temptation to, to hold a grudge. That temptation to, to, to hate or to dislike. That temptation to, to lash out gives us grace and he gives it generously which leads us to i guess you could almost say a third point you know he's highlighted symptoms he's highlighted source you know where 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 is it coming from but then he gives us solutions and the fact is that you know in its most simplistic sort of statement the solution is in christ jesus you know whether it's the outworking of you know a global catastrophe a global conflict or a family fight, there is only one true eternal solution. 
That's Jesus Christ. And this is especially true for the war within. That battle that we have, that battle we have with ourselves, that battle that we have with, you know, our memory and our experiences and all that sort of thing, that's where we need to have a victory. There will never be peace without the Prince of Peace. And we know that conflict is a part of the story. You know, Matthew 24, 6, you know, it speaks about you know, that there'll be wars and rumours of war you know, leading up to whatever the end of this will look like. Armageddon, the tribulation, what do you want to call it? There'll be wars and rumours of war. And there will be conflict. And sadly, in our own nation, we're seeing that coming a little bit stronger every day, aren't we? New governments and government, state governments, especially in Victoria, we're seeing moves that are just creating a bigger divide and a bigger conflict between people of faith and people of the world. There will be war. There will be rumours of more war. But the promise of Christ is that one day he will come again. He will usher in a peace. Isaiah 2 verse 4 speaks about a peace where the swords will be beaten into plowshares. In Isaiah 11, you know, have, have this heavenly image of, of absolute peace where you know, the, the lamb will lie down with the wild animal, with the wolf and the lion. A little side note on that. I know we often have this image of the lion and the lamb. It's actually not in the scripture. <laughs> when you read Isaiah 11, it says about the, the lamb with the wolf. It speaks about a leopard and a goat. It speaks about a, a yearling, a young calf and a lion. But not a lion and a lamb, which is quite interesting. But I think we correlate the image of Jesus as the lion and the lamb as well. Yeah. But a lot of time people sort of quote that in there, throw it in there. Oh, it's the lion and the lamb. Well, yeah, it's a nice image. It's not strictly <laughs> the way Scripture writes it. But what James gives us, he concludes with his description and his, and his, his points of, you know, sort of saying that we've got to get this right. How do we do that, though? And he gives us this series of verbs, these actions, these doing words. He says, do these. So humble yourselves, resist the devil, draw close to God, wash your hands, you know, wash your life, you know, get sin out of your life and humble yourselves. So, so saying, yep, there's conflict. Yep, we're going to have conflict. It's going to be there and we're going to be at war with ourselves and it's going to cause conflict out in the open. But what's our job? How do, we, how do we battle this? How, how do we step into this? How do we step into the peace and the grace that has promised us? Submit. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. He's going to try and get in our heads. He's going to try and sow seeds of fear and, and angst. Uh, Susan herself was speaking this morning, you know, like we're in, a, we're in a time and season where there's just a, a lot of opinion. And the fact is, I don't really, in that sense, care what opinion you hold. But if the way you present it and the way you outwork that opinion, if it's causing division or fear, you're going about it wrong. 
I believe we can hold those opinions and still bring unity, still speak faith, still speak life into the situations around us. Humble ourselves before God. Resist the devil. Resist falling into the lies and the the pulls of the, the enemy to make us speak and take on what the world wants us to take on. How do we do that? We draw near. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I've always loved that idea that that God's just there ready. And as people take a step towards him, he takes a step towards them. The more we draw near, he draws near. We draw near, he draws near. Draw near, he draws near. It's just this beautiful picture of a a loving, intimate, caring God. Yeah, wash ourselves, you know. Yeah, I'll make my mistakes. But the older I get and the more I journey this, this life of faith, the quicker I am to go, God, I'm sorry, I stuffed up. Wash ourselves, get ourselves sorted with God, have a clear spirit and humble ourselves before him. Then, yeah, last verse, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in order. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves and let God get to work. Humble yourselves and let God fight your battles. Now, God hasn't stepped away. Again, because of the time of season we're in, time and time again, I've, I've heard both believers and unbelievers talk about, well, where's God in all this? He hasn't stepped away. Biblical prophecy is being outworked. Things are falling into place in the plans of God. But what's our role? Our role is to humble ourselves before God. Resist the devil. Draw near to him and humble ourselves. Keep ourselves pure. We know the solution to war. We know the solution to conflict. It's Jesus Christ. And the more we invite that into our own world, the more it's outworked in the world around us. We're carriers of the message of hope and the message of peace. So let us keep telling that story. Yeah? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word. And even though it's been a a bit of a heavy one and in that sort of sense, Lord God, I just know, Lord God, that you are a God of life. You're a God of abundance. You're a God of provision, Lord God. And Lord God, I do just want to speak into, I guess, the conflicts and the, the uncertainties, Lord God, that we're, we're facing in, the, in our world at the moment, Lord God. And globally, nationally, on a state level, Lord God, there's political things going on, there's social shifts going on, Lord God, that, that are drawing us into to points and places of conflict. I pray, Lord God, that we have your words upon our lips. That when those moments do come, Lord God, to, to face conflict, Lord God, that we, we have your wisdom, Lord God, on what to do and say. But more importantly, Lord God, I pray that all of us, Lord God, can work out and, and have that victory of that internal conflict. That our spirit will override and overstep our flesh every time. 
And even when we do make those mistakes, Lord God, that our spirit just goes, God, I need you more. That our spirit just goes, God, I'll lay it all at your throne again afresh. That we don't try to take things on our own when we know that we're called to just surrender to you and surrender all that we have to you. In Jesus' name, amen.